this last time we just brought like snacks and we had bought some root beer in um, sarsaparilla. Oh, sorry, sarsaparilla. Sarsaparilla. <laughs> this is the Exploring the National Parks podcast with Dirt in My Shoes. My name is Ash and I'm a former park ranger and the founder of Dirt in My Shoes. I think that the parks are best seen from the trail and I'm here to make national park trip planning easy. And I'm John. I carry the kids on the trails, I tell stories, and notice all the things that Ash doesn't care about much, like birds. Join us as we show you around America's spectacular national parks. We're sharing our favorite places, fun facts, adventures, and misadventures. And we'll even throw in a little trip planning. Let's start exploring. We've been traveling to the national parks for a very long time. And one of the things I remember when I first like got married and started having kids and people were like, oh, your life is over. <laughs> and I was like, great. That's, Thanks. <laughs> that doesn't sit well with me. Um, and so we really have made a huge effort to get our kids into the national parks and like out into nature as much as we can. Right. Firstly, because that's what we love to do. And so I just was not ready to give that up. I didn't, you know, oh, yeah. didn't want Definitely my life not. to change. I was a park ranger. So, I mean, it was really important to me. <laughs> right. Please, while you raise your children, uh, don't, don't be yourself. Don't have any fun. <laughs> <laughs> don't be yourself and have no fun. Exactly. Yeah. So I am strongly against that sentiment, which is why today we wanted to talk about some of our favorite parks for taking little kids. Right. And when I say little kids, I mean, we're talking like, you know, six and under. Um, they're at a really hard age for like... You can't trust them to keep themselves alive. Right. But there are some parks that are really great for kids that age um, that we've just found through our travels. And you could argue that you could do any national park with kids of any age. Right. I absolutely believe that. Yes. I and think, we have, yeah. basically. For this list of our favorite national parks for young kids, for little kids and toddlers. John was trying to add Yellowstone to this list. <laughs> I just have to say. And I was like, absolutely not. Yes, we have taken our young kids there and have had no problems um, with that. But that's like one of the questions that I get asked the most, like, you know, is it okay for kids? Absolutely it is. However, there is peril everywhere at this park. And so you got to you do. You're going to watch them really carefully. Um, same with like the Grand Canyon. You know, it's a, right. it's a big drop. And so my mama heart mm -hmm. <laughs> when we're at the Grand Canyon is a little bit more on edge. Yes. I was really trying hard to make a good solid pitch to Ash. I was like, listen, I understand that Yellowstone breaks four out of the five rules. <laughs> for making it a kid-friendly. <laughs> for making it a kid-friendly park. But sometimes... The fun factor outweighs everything else. I would never say don't go when yes. you have little kids. Just be so. prepared. I guess in, in some ways, this list of national parks is like, can I let my kid off their leash? Yeah. Kind of a situation. And in Yellowstone, you really can't. No, you, you have gotta to be holding hands all the time. You got to yes. be watching them all the time. We just got back like a month ago from Black Canyon of the Gunnison in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And that park gives me so much anxiety, especially with my kids, because all of the drop-offs are just like so sheer and vertigo-inducing. Yes. Just for me. I mean, and our kids are a little bit older now. We don't have to worry about them trying to like fling themselves off. 
climbing up over the fencing and stuff. Or they're big enough that their heads don't fit through the railing. Yeah. (laughs) But even still, I'm like, my nine-year-old was like, Mom, let go of my shirt. And I'm just like holding on to his shirt while he's like taking a picture of the cliffs. Okay, this park is not good for kids. So, but you can take them to any national park. I just want to, I want to add that disclaimer in there. We firmly believe that it doesn't matter what age your kids are. You can have a fantastic time in any national park. Right. But we're going to jump into this list of our nine favorite national parks for toddlers and little kids because it also helps with your anxiety levels as a parent. Right. You can relax a little bit more. You can let them wander and explore and just discover without worrying about them falling off a cliff or falling into boiling water or anything like that. Right. And it's literally our goal for this is basically for you to have the same experience that you would, or at least the same feeling that you would if you were going to like a playground, you know, you set your kids loose and they have an amazing experience, you know, and you have a great experience too, because guess what? You get to enjoy it like an adult, you know, you, you get to enjoy it. You know, in some cases you get to be a little bit more like a kid. Yes, exactly. So that's very true. Yeah. I want to jump in. I think my number one, probably my number one favorite park for little kids uh, is it my number one? Yes, I think it is. Okay. We just got an inside look <laughs> at a private conversation between Ash and herself. <laughs> my, my, I think my favorite one is Arches National Park. Oh, yeah. This is a great one. For toddlers. Here's the criteria that we're ranking these by, okay? So number one is the fun factor. Like all the popular can't miss things, like the things that you'll absolutely want to do when you're in this park, like how fun would it be to do with your little kids and how fun will it be for them? Like how engaging are these activities for them? Um, Will it keep their attention for long enough? Will you be able to, you know, (laughs) actually have fun doing this together with them? Right. So that's the first thing. The second thing is drive times Mm -hmm. because some national parks are really big and you're driving like two hours between one spot and the other, you know, and you can, you can stop along the way, but like, is it a lot of time in the car? Because I don't know about you guys, but driving for long periods of time in the car with really little kids can kind of be a drag. It can be a challenge (laughs) for sure. (laughs) So we wanted to keep the drive times short for the parks on this list as well, where it's just like, Boom, 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 boom. You know, you're not spending a ton of time driving through the park. You're actually getting out and doing things and and not having to be in the car for long periods of time. So that was a big one. The next criteria is, does this national park have dangerous cliffs? (laughs) So there are some parks like Grand Canyon or Canyonlands or Crater Lake, parks like that, that just like they're celebrating these big cliffs right. <laughs> that go down into something. Exactly. So those ones we're going to steer clear of for this list. Because, Which is a good idea. Yeah. Again. It's That's just the leash idea. Stress and Can you let them off their leash? Yeah. The next criteria is how is it as far as like no touching? Like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because kids that age just love to get their hands dirty. They like to touch things. They like to explore. And, you know, they're using their fingers and their mouths. <laughs> Yes. To, to discover things, you know, so how friendly is this park as far as like, can you touch things? Or we wanted to stare clear of like parks that are like caves where you really can't touch things. You should right. not be touching things in caves. Yes. A lot of the personality of, of cave national parks 
are kind of like the emperor's new groove. No touchy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they don't want you to touch anything. <laughs> and other parks like Saguaro National Park, where everything there is trying to kill you. Yeah. And so <laughs> we have. And in fact, actually, that's funny because our son, when he was like, he was like two, uh-huh. maybe a year and a half, he sat in a cactus and we were picking <laughs> cactus needles out of his butt for a very long time. It was not an enjoyable experience. <laughs> and as a parent, you're like, I'm so sorry, kid. I failed you <laughs> as a parent. But also, the funny thing is, is that the park where he did that at is on this list of kid-friendly <laughs> parks. <laughs> so, it was not even in Saguaro. It was in Great Sand Dunes. Yes, exactly. At the campground. So yep. obviously, we can't steer clear of all peril. All but, peril. Um, yes. But yeah. We're not going to include anything that has lots of pokey things or caves you can't touch, stuff like that, because that's just a lot of work when you've got little kids. Right. You got to watch them really carefully. Um, The last thing that is part of this criteria is gateway towns, with the idea being like, is it easy to get back to our hotel if we're staying in a town nearby the park? Is there activities in the town that can keep our family engaged and excited when we're not in the park? Right. Stuff like that. Can we go back for nap times? Can we go back for lunch? <laughs> if we realize we forget something, can, is there a grocery store? Yeah. You know, or a place we can get diapers or something like that? Yeah. So those are our criteria. So now, with that being said, we can jump into my favorite national park for kids, I think, is Arches National Park. Yes. I really think it boils down to a few different things. One, pretty much all the trails and arches are short. Yes, they are. It does not take very long at all to get to some of the coolest arches. And they're amazing arches. So it's not like you're feeling shortchanged from doing a shorter hike because you've got younger kids. Right. You're seeing the good stuff. Yeah. And a lot of times some of the trails are actually like incrementally rewarding. I'm thinking like the Devil's Garden Trail, especially, you know, you can see multiple arches on the way to the main arch that you're hoping to see. And the Devil's Garden Trail is the longest trail in the park. So you don't even have to do that one. But you can go, like he said, you'll pass like even just to start it, you'll get to Landscape Arch. And there's a couple other arches along the way that are downside trails and stuff. So like you can see three arches just within a mile and a half round trip. Yeah. Mostly flat and. And stuff, but then you've got like one of my favorite arches in the park, Double Arch. That's so cool. Which you can see from the parking lot. If you want to walk closer, you can. It only takes five minutes. Right. Same with the windows that are right there. I mean, you can see them from the parking lot. So it's just a matter of, you know, let's get everybody out and let's just walk for a minute mm-hmm. <laughs> and see all these really cool things. Yeah. It's so easy to get some really cool rewarding experiences in arches. The other thing is, is the park itself is not that big. It only takes 45 minutes to drive from the park entrance to the end of the road. Yeah. And so you're not spending a ton of time in your car. There's lots of places to stop along the way. But even still, it's not a very long drive to get to your lodging in Moab. Which is one of the coolest gateway towns ever. I love Moab because A, it has all of the amenities that you need as grocery stores, hotels, and it has a zillion fun activities and they're all high adventure stuff too. Yeah. So it's a great gateway town. One of the funnest. I've always seen t-shirts like London, Paris, Moab kind of a thing. (laughs) (laughs) And so if we were to make our own shirt of just national park gateway towns, 
Moab would easily be on that list. It's such a fun place. And also people come to Moab and sometimes don't even go to the national parks. There's enough other stuff to do right there that a lot of times people are coming for a different reason altogether. So it's just a really fun adventure town, but it's great for if you want, you know, some good lodging options, some good restaurant options, grocery stores and other stores and things like that too. And it's just five minutes outside of the Arches entrance. So it's really convenient for that. Exactly. In terms of the, the no touching rule, I mean, there's a lot of red rock in this park, which is fun to kind of walk on. And there's a lot of good stuff there. You can climb. Yeah, you can climb around the slick rock really easily. Yeah. And there's a lot of sand, too. Yeah. The the only no touching, the no touchy rule for this is like, don't carve stuff into the red rocks and some of the soil, you know, stay on the trail and you'll be fine. That's all. That's all it is. Yes, please don't carve anything into the rocks. But yeah, the cryptobiotic soil is really the only thing there that it's like, you know, you really do want to stay on the trail because you don't want to damage the soil that's been growing for hundreds of years and that helps plants grow in the park, things like that. It's it's very fragile. So yeah, that's really the only thing. But as long as you're staying on the trail, like when you get to the arches, you can climb up the rocks by the arches at a lot of them and stuff. Yeah, And so I'm, I'm again, I'm thinking of Double Arch. It's just like a really cool area because the trail is really sandy. So kids love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to the arch itself and then there's just boulders and stuff everywhere that you can climb up. You can climb up higher uh, um, into the arch if you want to. You can hang out toward the bottom and climb right there. But kids tend to really love that area. Yeah, it's so. a lot of fun. You know who else loved that area? Who? Indiana Jones. Ah, well, he has good taste. He does. If if anybody wants to know the reference, watch Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. The first like 10 minutes, you'll recognize Double Arch. Nice. Pretty sweet. I can't, I can't think of the last time I watched that movie, to be honest. <laughs> I don't have anything against it. I just haven't watched it for a really long time. Yes. So that's Arches National Park in Utah. Let's move on to another one. This one... I think will be a surprise to a lot of people. You don't think about this one like ever. No, no. <laughs> most people mo- Most people <laughs> treat this as kind of a dry, it's a smaller stop on a bigger road trip. I've had uh, my brother-in-law, he was like, have you guys been to this park? We're like, yeah, we love this park. Really? <laughs> we were so bored. I was like, okay, well... That's you did you don't it know, wrong. You then. don't know how to visit this park. <laughs> so it take yeah, you gotta you gotta visit it right. But the park we're talking about is Petrified Forest National Park in Arizona. Yeah. This one is really neat. It has a lot of really cool features to it that make it appealing for parents with little kids. Because first of all, the main attraction, the petrified forests, the wood, it's just rock now. And so I mean you can touch it. You can walk all over it on some of the trails and it's like super durable. Just don't take it because it's like a zillion pounds for the big pieces. Don't take any of it. That's all you have to do. It's so cool. Yep. That's really the only rule. Just don't take any of the petrified wood. Yeah. And this is what we found with little kids is we're like petrified wood is between a seven and an eight on the hardness scale. Yeah. And diamonds are the hardest 10. So seven to eight, that's a really hard rock. Yeah, that's and super hard. And it's virtually indestructible unless you like have a chisel and you hit it in the right spot. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> then it kind of flakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's really hard rock. And so that's what's really nice about this park is like 
your kids can't break anything. Right. They can explore to their heart's content. You can climb all over these petrified logs. You can do whatever you want, really. And nothing's going to break. And it's just really fun. You can discover all the different colors and things like that. And so uh, we really love this park with our kids. Yeah. Well, I think my favorite trail with younger kids was the Long Logs Trail. Yeah. Because some of these trees are 150 feet long and they're still in the ground laying down. The One of the funnest things for me was just like with my kid, let's measure this tree. Every one of my steps is three feet, you know? And so you're just on the tree and you're walking three steps and you just measure the whole thing. They're, the whole trail, they're like, this one, this one was even bigger than the last one, <laughs> you know? And it was just so much fun. It was really cool. Well, and you know how your kids like always want to like, walk on retaining walls. They like to walk on the top of the retaining walls and they like to just <laughs> climb on the rocks next to the sidewalk and, and stuff like that. Like this park's really cool for, for kids who like to do that. I don't know. Do other people's kids like to do that? I think Ours so. are like always trying to walk on the retaining walls. Yeah. And stuff. I think it's a pretty normal thing <laughs> for parents to be like, get down. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's really fun about like you mentioned long logs and stuff, but like our kids will just walk on top of the long logs like yeah. it's the retaining wall and they just they keep themselves excited just yeah. from doing that so yeah there's a, i think there's one that you probably don't want to and i think it's the agate log i think that's the name of it but it's like the longest one that's still in, intact and it's kind of in a precarious location anyway so you wouldn't want your kids to be on it but i think that's the only one that they say please don't climb on this one because it's like the longest intact log that still exists in the park that they found well, and but, if you go to Giant Logs, there's a huge tree, petrified tree there. Like, it's taller than us. Yeah. And you can climb on that one. Like, I, it's just really fun. Well, so Petrified Forest, a lot of people don't know this, but this is an open hike park. You can hike wherever you want. Yes. Uh, you don't have to stay on a trail. They have, like, routes that you can take that they kind of have mapped out a little bit, but they're not trails. Right. That we like to do, but really you can just park anywhere and start walking. It's not a big deal in this park. So that's what's nice too is yeah. if you have little kids and you just kind of want to wander for a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's not a big deal because, and the reason that they do this is because this park and another one that we're going to talk about where they're open hike parks is because the erosional forces that are happening to the landscape are already happening at such a fast pace that the whole thing is eroding anyways. Yeah. And so you hiking a little bit off trail or going exploring this spot is not a big deal. It's not going to make a difference because it's eroding it away at inches per year instead of like centimeters per year yeah. kind of a thing. So that makes it really cool. The other thing you can do here that's really big is like fossils. So they have a fossil lab at the visitor center that you can mm -hmm. stop at. So if you've got kids that really are interested in that type of stuff, I mean, I know we're talking little, little kids, but I mean, our... Six-year-old has been obsessed with Stegosaurus for... <laughs> Three years. Yeah, for a long time. And it's not necessarily those kind of fossils, but like that's really exciting to him. Yeah. And, and I even so think they, they have stuff. like a little dig spot. Yeah. Where you can kind of dig out some fossils and almost like a little sandbox type of setting. And it's really fun. Yeah. And you get to learn some things. You don't have to stress about your kids touching everything. It, just enjoying this place. And it, it's just a cool spot. Two more things. First... It's only a 45-minute drive from the one end of the park to the other. Right. So that is lovely. Second thing, the gateway town here, Holbrook, Arizona, 
is a Route 66 town. Yeah. And it has the Wigwam Motel, which is where they got the idea for the cozy cone yeah. in cars. Yeah, man. And so that's really fun, too. You've got like the Route 66 vibe. You've got some stuff like that there in Holbrook, which is just right outside of the park. And so um, that, again, like if your kids really like cars... It's um, a conspiracy, man. <laughs> but they have like old cars that look like cars from the movie. Yeah. Parked um, out in front of each of these wigwams. Yeah. And so um, our kids just were so excited about that at that age. Yes. And because I don't know how many times I watched cars. My, our son went through a stage where he was watching cars every single day. That's all <laughs> he wanted to watch during movie time or rest time was cars. It was mm -hmm. like. I have that movie memorized because it was like for like six months straight. That's the only movie he watched. Yeah, so, it's so good. When we went like, to Holbrook, that was really exciting for him. <laughs> he thought it was so cool. Mater, like Tomater. <laughs> you know, another thing uh, in terms of like cool stops, Winslow, Arizona is also pretty close. Yeah. It's not that, it's a little bit further away, but Your it's- Your kids aren't going to care as much about that. Right. But, but as a grown up, standing <laughs> on the corner in Winslow, Arizona is pretty fun. Yeah. So that's a really fun area. We just really like that park. Uh, if you do it right, it's fantastic. Right. So we have resources under my shoes to help you plan your trip for that one. But we really like that one, especially with young kids. Yes. So let's jump to the next park. This park, again, it's just like, it's just a giant playground. Oh, absolutely. The biggest sandbox in the country. Great Sand Dunes National Park. This one is in Colorado. And it's basically just a big <laughs> pile of sand. <laughs> so, you know, exactly. you can't break anything. Uh, you can just play, play, play all day. And this is one of the parks where, as adults, uh, you really feel more like a kid when yeah. you're here. It's so true. There, there's so many cool things. You have the giant sand dunes that you can hike on, but you can also play on. But then when my brother and I, we had the sandbox in our backyard. One of our favorite things to do was build sandcastles and then pull out the hose, you know, and see how fast our river or our moat would destroy the castle and things like that. And this place has that too. During certain months of the year, you have a seasonal creek called Madano Creek that goes kind of through the edge of the sand dunes there. And it is a really fun place to hang out with your kids, let them run wild, have a whole lot of fun, and not worry about just about anything. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool to be able to have that water coming down, playing in the sand and the water. Um, and then you just got all the sand back behind you on all these dunes. Yes. Um, you can go sand sledding. You can, they have sand boards too, if you want to do more of a snowboarding situation, which I've not been brave enough to try because I feel like I look like a big enough idiot sand sledding uh, <gasps> that I don't need to break my arm. Or I, my think, <laughs> I think you look great. I posted a video on Instagram a little while ago of me uh, sand sledding and like the kids were pushing me because they wanted me to go really fast and I got stuck. <laughs> And the, so I had to get up and like get all the sand off my sled and then they had to try pushing me again. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm never going to look good doing this. That's fine. It's fine. I'm always going to look like, oh, that lady over there doesn't know how to sand sled. Oh, man. It was awesome, though. And it's so fun. And you can choose, you know, the size of the dune for how old your kids are. And so it, it makes it really easy to to pick for your own personal situation. Yeah. And so 
It's really fun. You size up the dune for you and your kids. You can play in the water, you know, make sandcastles, run around, do lots of cool, fun things, and this and have almost zero. It's it's a beach in oh, it reminds me of that Garth Brooks song, The Beaches of Cheyenne. Yeah. Yeah. It's a... Beaches of great sand dunes. <laughs> <laughs> Without, you know, the lady dying or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Not the rest of the song. Just, exactly. Just the beach where it shouldn't be. Exactly. <laughs> Nice. So for all those people, for all those people that all you know that saying, I've got a bridge in San Francisco that I can sell you. Oh man, I've got beachfront property in Colorado that I can sell you. Yeah. Yeah, man. Except it's in a national park. So sorry, not for sale. (laughs) Yeah, that one's really fun. And again, it's just a really small park. There's hardly any road through Mm -hmm. this park. And so once you get to the park, there's like a lodge outside of the park. That I would recommend staying in if you can, um, just because it's so perfectly situated to getting in the park and and stuff. Otherwise, you got to go out to Alamosa, which is like 40 minutes away. Right. So if you can stay in the lodge right there outside of the park, then it only takes like 10 minutes to get to the dunes. It's really fast. Right. Your kids won't even have time to complain. No, it's super quick. It's in and out. Not bad at all. Yeah. And if you want to go when the water is running, if you want the creek to be there, then you'll want to go. Um, that typically starts like its peak flow sometime around the end of May. Right. And so you can go into June and still have water there. And May is a little bit chillier. Yes. <laughs> there will probably be snow in the mountains still. Um, we've been there when it's been like that. It's, it's really nice and less busy. But yeah, kind of in May and June, if you're wanting the water to be down in the sand. Yes. Be aware that there. Near the parking area where you will get, you know, unloaded and start heading out towards the dunes is quite a bit of mosquitoes. And so just prepare yourself, you know, with a lot of bug spray to just to get through some of the bushes, you know, along the trail to get out to the to the creek and the sand dunes. And if your kid is small enough, you know, just wrap them in a blanket and run. You know, you'll be fine. We were running and screaming. We were getting (laughs) eaten to death this last time. Oh my gosh, they were so bad. So definitely, definitely spray yourself with bug spray. Yes. Okay. Well, speaking of places with lots of sand, then we also have to mention as another really cool part. An even bigger sandbox. Is it bigger? Not taller, but maybe wider. A wider sandbox. No, I don't think so. Uh, There's way more sand at Great Sand Dunes. But there's white sand (laughs) at White Sands. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So if you have a preference on the type of sand in between your toes, you know, then white sands. Actually, white sands might even be a little finer sand, too. It's a little more dusty sand. I feel like I found more sand longer after a visit from white sands <laughs> than i did visiting great sand the sand is like john's arch nemesis <laughs> he hates sand so much i so. do i don't like the grit in but you between. know what you suck it up for the good of your kids i guess you so do that isn't that fun <laughs> isn't that just parenting suck it up for the good of your kids so we're talking about white sands national park this is in new mexico and it's very similar to Great Sand Dunes, really. A lot of the same activities. You're going to be sand sledding. Um, there is a little bit of hiking here, but you don't have to if you just want to go and hang out in the sand. Oh, it's really beautiful sand. Sunsets here are my absolute favorite. Yeah. Uh, just the way that the the sunset hits the white sand just makes it look like you're like in heaven. It almost. does. Like and because the sand it's like is, you're up in the clouds. Yeah. And I think because the sand is white, sometimes it almost even takes on the hue of the sunset yeah. a little bit. And so 
sometimes the sand will have a little bit more of a bluish tint to it. And, you know, but if you have like these really orange or yellow clouds or something like that, sometimes you'll kind of get some of that reflected in the sand too. Well, and it shimmers more too. Yeah. So, I mean, when the light hits it, the sand shimmers and glitters. Yeah. It's really pretty. This last time, our kids were having a blast, you know, sledding down some of the dunes. We went a little further out to find our own dune because sometimes the dunes closer to the parking lots can be a little busy. No, all the time. Yes. But most people will not hike. Let me tell you, here's your tip, okay? (laughs) Here's your tip. If you just go beyond the first ridge of dunes in either of these parks. Yes, that's true. It like literally only takes one ridge of dunes and then you'll be by yourself. (laughs) Nobody hikes that far. Hiking in sand is kind of hard, but like we, this last time we just brought like snacks and we had bought some root beer in- Sarsaparilla. Um, oh, sorry. Sarsaparilla. Sarsaparilla. <laughs> in Tombstone where we had just driven from earlier that day. And then we got to the dunes and then you just, you just hike a couple of ridges over and you have everything to yourself. Yeah. It every was so Every much single fun. time. It doesn't matter how busy the dunes are. Nobody goes past like the first or second ridges ever. <laughs> So I know. you can have your own space and your own experience just by going one more dune. Honestly, it's awesome. That's pretty true in almost every national park. Oh, it totally you is. You just got to go one more dune. Yep. And you lose all the crowds. <laughs> you just got to go a little further on the trail. You lose all the crowds. You just got to go a little further up the mountain. You lose all the crowds. So <laughs> it's so much fun. But I, I love this park. I think it's fun. So when our first visit to White Sands, Our youngest was like nine months old, I think. Maybe a little bit older than that. And he didn't like the texture of sand sand on his hands. (laughs) And so it was the perfect parenting experience because I literally could put him down and he would sit there and like look at me like, what am I supposed to do with this? You know, and he (laughs) he didn't move for like an hour. And I was like, nice. I need a sandbox wherever I'm going, you know. (laughs) I'm just going to carry a tarp of sand and put him on there. And then, you know. And I then can... he'll just stay and touch as little of the surface as possible with the body. It was so funny. It was awesome. But then other kids will just dig right in and just like play forever. Oh, yeah. So... And now, now they literally, the first thing they do is like doing like a slip and slide. You know, they dive down the dune sometimes yeah. and they're just covered and it's all in their face. It's and then... so fun. It's so fun. The other thing I like about White Sands, so it only takes 20 minutes to drive to the end of the park road from the entrance. So again, a very small park with very little roads. So you're not spending your time in the car. The other thing is the town right outside Alamogordo has hotels, it has restaurants, it has what you need. And so that's really nice. You know, Mm -hmm. you can go play in the sand for a few hours and then go back to your hotel. And that makes it really nice when you have young kids. Right. The other thing is Alamogordo has some pretty cool little things to do as well. They have like a toy train museum. Um, we, this last time we went to the Museum of Space History. That one was really and cool. that was really cool. We got to try and land the space shuttle. Yeah. And Ash did a very good job and I was sabotaged. Please. <laughs> I We all know I'm the better driver. I was trying to do it. Like if you've ever seen the movie Space Cowboys with Clint Eastwood and Tommy Lee Jones, where they're landing the space shuttle and Tommy Lee Jones and Clint Eastwood to their credit they could never figure out the game what do they call it the the simulation the simulation and so they're putting it down like it's like flying a brick is what it felt like and Ash figured out how to fly the brick but I'm just saying if it was real life I would have done better 
I don't think so. <laughs> I nailed it. There's like, yeah, they have like this simulator you can do. And, and I just, I totally nailed it. So booyah. But yeah, so that's really fun too. There's some other fun things you can do in town. You can go play in the sand, come back, eat dinner. You know, it's just, it's more of a leisurely national park to visit. Right. And I think that's fun because then you can let your kids kind of set the schedule a little bit more and everybody still has a good time. Yep, exactly. So let's move to the next one. This one, I just think is just like a feast for the senses. And that's really what little kids are looking for right? <laughs> when they're trying to eat everything and touch everything and stuff. And so I am talking about Olympic National Park in Washington. The reason that I say this is because there's just like, there's so many different landscapes that you're exploring while you're here. And so it's really hard to get bored, first of all, <laughs> right? <laughs> because all you have to do is drive a little bit further and you're in a totally different place. <laughs> It feels like, you know, you've just you've been transported to a new environment. But I think for us, when we had younger, like little, little kids, the funnest thing for us to do with them was to go tide pooling. That is such a fun experience. I love tide pooling. And it's a really cool exercise in discovery and exploration. Yeah. I think, especially for the little ones, because, you know, you you tell them, we're going to go out there and we're, let's go see if we can find some starfish or let's see if we can find some sea anemones, you know. And a lot of times you can also see little crabs and there's no limit to the number of small organisms you can often see in some of these small pools. And you'll you'll look at a rock and you'll be like going around it and then boom, you'll see a, a bright orange or even a purple color. And you'll you know, the kids just get so excited and I get so excited too because it's just like, oh my gosh, that was totally hidden. I did not expect to see that there. And it's interactive and it's, like you said, it's a feast for the senses. It's a really neat experience. It's so much fun. It's like a treasure hunt. I don't know. That's what's so fun for us. So we will spend a good amount of time tide pooling with our younger kids. You know, we we just hold their hands and walk around with them and see what they can point out and what they can see. And they get so excited when they find something. Oh, yeah. And so that's really fun. And then the other thing is there's some really nice, like, shorter trails in this park. We really like the Hall of Mosses with younger kids because there's just big trees, like, covered in moss. And, like, you're, like, going through, like, tree tunnels and stuff yeah. like that. And and that's just, like, really cool because they can touch the trees. You know, they can look at the moss. They can get their hands dirty. They can find banana slugs, which I know like our little kids were just so excited about the big yellow <laughs> banana slugs that right. you can find in these forests. We even had to get a, a stuffed animal to commemorate. Yeah, <laughs> we do. We have a stuffed animal banana slug named Sunny <laughs> um, from Olympic because that was just like such an exciting thing for our kids yeah. to see all these creatures. Yes. This park is just like all about the creatures. Yeah. And as a parent, as a mom who like doesn't love creatures, you know, my our kids are always in the backyard, like finding worms and grasshoppers and stuff like that. Not my favorite. But at Olympic, I feel like it's a really fun way to like channel that little kid energy. Yeah. <laughs> And find some really cool creatures. It is really fun. I'm not going to lie. When you said that it was a feast for the senses, my first thought was like that scene from Willy Wonka and the Char or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where they're inside and they can eat like everything inside that room. (laughs) And I know your family really loves to joke about Augustus Gloop stuck in the tube (laughs) from the Chocolate River. Oh, anyhow, that's what I'm. That's not that kind of feast for the senses. Right. (laughs) 
little less digestive. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's a really cool park for stuff like that, for discovering things with yeah. your kids at yes. any age. Yeah. Any age, it's exciting. So that's really fun. Olympic is a bigger park, so there is more driving there. Um, You'll want to prepare for that. But what's nice is you can stay in Port Angeles, you can stay in Forks, you can have exactly what you need as far as those towns go. Right. Um, just outside of the park. So plan on some longer driving. But like I said, uh, you know, your environment changes. Every half an hour, 45 minutes you drive, you're in a new place. Yeah. It was so. actually really cool this last time too, though, because we took the ferry for across the sound from the Seattle side over to... The Olympic Peninsula. Over to the Olympic Peninsula. Mm -hmm. And the kids thought that was super cool. And so you start out the trip taking your car on a boat and then you drive your car, you know, and if you split up the drives between Port Angeles and Forks, you know, by staying in those areas, your drives really aren't that bad. And it's They're it's not. just a really cool, you really do get to experience like three or four different national parks in one national park. So many cool things to do depending on if your kid doesn't like the forest, well, they'll like the next spot at the lake. Yeah. Or if your kid doesn't like the lake, they'll like the next spot in the mountains or right. whatever, you know, you can just you just move to somewhere else. Exactly. So that's a really cool one. Let's move to South Dakota. Nice. To Badlands National Park. Woo! Another open hike park. Yes. So a lot of kids just love scrambling up the Badlands. And our kids are one of them. Yeah. And, it and is you can do it. And they could spend hours doing it. I mean, sometimes a little bit frustrating as someone who loves to be on a schedule. I'm just like, okay, been climbing on the same Badland for like one hour. And I would like to move to a different Badland for you to climb on now. <laughs> Mom, we're having so much fun. Like we climbed um, the Yellow Mounds area. You can, there's all sorts of places you can go right in there. And even just right by the visitor center, there's Badlands right behind that people love to climb up and stuff. And so you can do it. That's what makes this park so great for younger kids is they can just kind of explore. Yeah. The other thing I think is really cool about it is they find a ton of fossils in this park. This park is so amazing for fossils. Yeah. And kids find the fossils. That's what I was about to say. Exploring. When they're on that, you know, that badland for an hour, just climbing up and down and all over it, they're actually looking for fossils and you just don't realize it because that's a lot of times what they do. And you can take a picture and kind of mark the location on your Google Maps or something like that and then take it into the visitor center, tell them, show them the picture, tell them what you found. And a lot of times they'll send some archaeologists over there to check it out and you guys could be responsible for finding the next cool thing and then you get to like get your picture up on the board i really want my picture up on the board saying yeah. i found a fossil in badlands yes. we tried real hard this last time and to no luck but <laughs> we'll go back and we'll try again but like that's really fun too because a lot of times in this park, it's the kids who are climbing all over the Badlands and stuff who are finding the fossils yeah. that then the archaeologists will go out and excavate. Right. So it's pretty cool. It is so cool. It's a great fun place. And there's, and honestly, I love the whole area of South Dakota, but the drive from Rapid City, if you're staying there out to Badlands, it's not that bad. It's like an hour. Yeah. Yeah. But then if you want to stay out by Badlands, it only takes an hour to drive the park road. Right. So it, it's not a huge park. Plus, there's some way. cool wildlife that you can see while you're there. I mean, our, our kids love, they think the prairie dogs are the cutest things. Yeah. And there's lots of prairie dogs. 
you can see some buffalo, but you'll end up you'll pro- the animal you'll probably see the most of is bighorn sheep and prairie dogs and prairie dogs. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> By weight, yeah. you throw away the it's bighorn, bighorn sheep. sheep. <laughs> <laughs> By individual prairie dogs, yeah. for sure. Well, the other thing, too, is you've got Wild Drug right outside of the park, which is fun. There's a restaurant, a whole bunch of souvenir shops and things like that. But then they also have like the backyard area where you can like climb up on top of a jackalope and take your picture on that. And they have like a fake Mount Rushmore. They have a giant T-Rex that like growls and there's smoke and lights and stuff um, back in there. So we always take some time to go back in there so the kids can just take pictures on some of the ridiculous things and <laughs> there's like exactly. gold mining and you know there's little activities back in there for for the kids too so that makes it fun it doesn't just have to be badlands all day right um you, you which know. is it's hard to do any park all day anyways especially with young kids and so having a few other attractions and sometimes even the drive between things where the kid can fall asleep is kind of nice yeah Personally, that's <laughs> yeah. my preferred way of travel. That has not happened for a very long time for us. <laughs> <laughs> they never fall asleep anymore. But yeah, so this one's really fun. Just the open hike policy, all the fossils, wall drug right there. It's just, it makes for a really fun trip to this national park. Right, exactly. Ooh, I'm really excited to go to this next one, which is Great Smoky Mountains National Park. I feel like this is a great one for kids for a lot of reasons, but the main one would be the fun factor. I just feel like there's so much fun to be had here. So the park itself, it's pretty fun for kids. <laughs> you know, the, like the easy trails in the Smokies are not as easy as in other parks. Right. So if you're going to hike and stuff, if you have really young kids, you might be like, you're crazy. Right. <laughs> what are you talking about? I feel like there's one of, of the judging criteria. There's one aspect of the judging criteria that really is lifting the the average of great smoky mountains up it is and it's and that's why we can't ignore it because (laughs) great smoky mountains has the funnest gateway towns yes of any national park oh yeah your kids will be in heaven yes if you're in gatlinburg or pigeon forge and you can visit the Smokies at your leisure. right (laughs) if they don't want to hike if they don't want to be in the park all day you know if they're just not having it fine. You can still go into the park and see some cool things. Then you just go back out to Gatlinburg and then you go to Ripley's, believe it or not, and you go <laughs> go-karting and you go to all these weird gift shops and, you know, right. and get you can, some good food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, you know, if you find that your kids respond well to a good bribe, then you're like, hey, listen, if you finish this trail really good, then tomorrow we'll go to Dollywood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so there's some really good incentive opportunities for your kids to be really good hikers. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, how old were our kids when we first went to the Smokies? They were pretty young. They were really Because I remember our oldest son, he was probably like three or four. He was so tired on our flight to Knoxville that he cried the whole way and the flight attendant wouldn't let me hold him. Do you remember that? I do. That was She wouldn't let me un- unbuckle his seatbelt and he just wanted mama cuddles and he was just crying and so he was really young. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> I was traumatized because he was probably like 3. He was really little. Right. And we had a great time. Yeah. The thing is is like we did it you do have to take the time to like let your kids just play. Right. 
because it is a lot of driving and it is a lot of hiking. And so we would like find like um, the Metcalf Bottoms picnic area where they could just throw rocks in the water, wade into the water or, you know, Mingus Mill. They really liked seeing the water on that one. Yeah. Or um, I, I really thought that one of my favorite places to spend time with our young kids was the Mountain Farm Museum. Yeah, because they had the pigs and they... Yeah, they've really got fun. lots we of... We saw elk down there. In the Smokies, there are a lot of preserved like homestead places mm-hmm. and there's buildings and things like that. And so your kids can kind of explore around these fun old buildings. Yeah. You know, that's a really cool experience. So you can read the plaques and your kids are kind of wandering off, you know, between some church pews or something like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so... But church isn't in session, and so it's not a big deal. There's a whole lot to explore, and they can look around. And because a lot of the farm instruments, too, are kind of foreign to us and the kids, it's just cool to like look and try to figure out, okay, what was that supposed to do? Or you see a really cool barn with a really interesting shape, and you're like, wow, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. And then you kind of talk about it and things like that. And so there's just some really neat things in terms of the human history of the Smokies that is fun to explore with your small kids. Yeah, I mean, and they're and they're not going to be as interested in learning about, you know, what the plaques actually say. <laughs> right, they won't. Stuff but like that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we've done it with young kids and we had a great time. Like I said, there's a lot of water in this park, so if they want to play with... Did you ever call it poo sticks? Is that, that's like... <laughs> I never did because I never was a Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. I never watched that as a kid. It's referring to Winnie the Pooh. We call it poo sticks where like you stand on a bridge and you throw a stick in on one side and then you see who's wins. Right. To get under the bridge. See who's <laughs> who's goes the fastest. I have I have heard the name because in our family, that's what my wife tries to get our kids to call it. <laughs> However, gross because of both context. of our kids are little boys. They just kind of <laughs> giggle at the name and like as someone that didn't grow up watching Winnie the Pooh, I'm just like, it's a stick that you poke things with. That's gross. <laughs> it sounds and gross. So I know. It's a little gross, but the game is actually really fun for little kids. The game kids. is universal, right? You yeah. throw something in the water or like a leaf or something. You throw something in the water and then you see how far it can go or who's goes the fastest. Right. Or... Little races. Yeah. Yeah. So we love doing that in the Smokies too. That's a really good park for that. Yeah, we play a lot of poo sticks. (laughs) (laughs) But then you go outside of the park and you hang out in Gatlinburg because there are just like, no matter what your kids like to do, there's an activity there for them. Oh yeah, and there's There's candy shops, there's ice cream shops. You could go to Anakista. They've got like more like ropes course type things. They've got the aquarium. They've got all sorts of stuff. So that's why... I think like Great Smokies, you can get like a really fun experience in the park, but then you also get a really fun experience out of the park. And I know a lot of people who have just visited the Smokies for years and years and years and years with their family. It's a family tradition and that's what makes it so special for a lot of people. And so if you're looking for a place to do that, Great Smokies is a great place to start a new tradition. Yes. So that's why I had to include Great Smokies. Let's go to the next one. So the next one, I think this one will be a big surprise. I don't think anyone thinks about this park ever. Similar I... to Petrified Forest. <laughs> or it's just like, I didn't know this one really was an option. Yeah. I um, love this one. I think it would, it's perfect for kids. And especially, I think the main reason is because it has lots of varied activities. Yeah. Cuyahoga Valley National Park in Ohio. It's just outside of Cleveland. And it's really a fun place. But what's really interesting about it 
is in a lot of ways it was set up as kind of a as historical and fun little nature area to kind of celebrate like the canal history for Erie for, for, for like the Erie Canal. And but one of the coolest things in here is it has this amazing towpath that you can ride bikes on. And that's so much fun with our kids. Yeah. So what's nice is like there's a rental place in the town of Peninsula. So this park is really unique because it's more of an urban park. You'll drive through neighborhoods to get here. It's tucked like right in between Cleveland and Akron. And so it's just like right in the middle of this big population center. Right. And there's roads and trails kind of intersecting all throughout it. Yeah. And so you don't get like the pristine like wilderness feeling that a lot of other parks have. And so that takes a little bit of getting used to. So if you go to Peninsula, there's a bike rental shop just right there next to the towpath trail where you'll want to ride your bike. And they rent out the kid trailers for bikes. So that's what we did when our kids were really little Mm -hmm. and couldn't ride their own. We just rent the trailer to tow behind us. And they loved that too. Yeah. Because it's really pretty. You're following the canal and there's big bridges and the train goes through there, which we'll talk about. Yep. But yeah, so that actually, even with little, little kids, was a really fun activity. And now we love to do it now that they can ride their own bikes and stuff. It's really fun too. Right. But you can totally make it work with younger kids. Oh, absolutely. It's really fun. And you mentioned the train a minute ago. And that is probably one of the coolest, unique experiences that a kid can really have in a national park. Oh my gosh. Like our kids are just in love with the train. You know how they just, everybody is excited by a train. Unless it's waking (laughs) you up at like 3 (laughs) a.m. That's that's a little less fun. Yes. But it's a really big part of the history of this park and of this area. And so they run the train right through Cuyahoga Valley. And they're really pretty trains too. And so you can take... You know, there's a few different stations and things like that. And so you can get on the train at one station and, you know, you can take it out and back. But it's the trains are beautiful on the outside and they're they're really pretty. And the people dress up in like period clothing. Right. Like the conductor looks like a conductor. Right. And so that's just like from Polar Express. Well, actually, they do a winter like train rides to the North Pole. Oh, that's um, so cool. Along this train line. (laughs) So exactly. Hot, but, hot, hot, hot chocolate. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. So, I mean, think of like a two-year-old kid. Who doesn't get excited as a two-year-old to see a train? Exactly. And so that's why Cuyahoga is just, it's a really fun one for kids because they get to ride the train, get to do bikes on the towpath. You can go see Brandywine Falls, which is a really, really easy waterfall to get to that's super impressive. Yeah. There's some history there. Um, We did, if you go hiking by the beaver ponds. That is a fun spot. Like the kids saw turtles and... Blue herons. Yeah. And so that's really fun to like go there and just see what you can see. They were having a blast looking down into the water to see what they could see swimming around in there and lots of birds and stuff. So just all in all, like a really fun little getaway, especially if you have little kids that are just going to be excited about trains and animals. Yeah, I could totally, honestly, see this like a trip to Cuyahoga Valley being like Harry Potter themed and having a blast. Like you could treat the train like the Hogwarts Express, you know, and you could bring your wand. There's no need to spruce it up. (laughs) It's cool the way it is. I know, but even it's just cool. That's what I personally would think like train Hogwarts Express. Well, yes. Anything from the trolley, dears? (laughs) (laughs) It's a really cool park. 
it's different than what you're probably used to, but especially for little kids, I think there's enough variation and like enough excitement. And then you're just you're super close to to any town. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, Pick your town. Yeah, it makes it really easy to just pop in there for a train ride and then go back out if you need to or whatever you want to do. So right. that's Cuyahoga Valley, which I think is just an underappreciated park. Oh, yeah. So pretty. Our last one for our list is one that I am very biased towards. I just had to put this one on the list because I'm like, well... <laughs> I grew up going here since I was like two years old. I've been pretty much every year. And look uh, how she turned out, exactly. folks. Exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty great. I am. So obviously this park is good for kids. <laughs> I think so. So we're talking about Grand Teton National Park, which if you followed us for any length of time, you know this is my favorite national park. I think it's really similar to the Smokies and the nostalgia that a lot of people have for the Smokies mm -hmm. is what I feel for Grand Teton. Just right. Growing up there. What I remember from being little and spending family trips here every summer is A, the wildlife. Yep. Because there are so many cool animals you can see in this park. Um, and so that's what I remember a lot of. The other thing is just you get good views from anywhere. And so even if you don't want to go on a longer trail or anything, it's really easy to just get beautiful pictures, beautiful views, and really feel like you're in just a fantastic, gorgeous place right? And without both, a ton of effort. And both of those two things, the amazing views and the cool wildlife, you can get without all the peril of Yellowstone or the peril of like the Grand Canyon with the cliffs. Yeah. You know, and so there, you really get those same benefits without all of the really tight hand-holding. Right. Yeah. And and then if you want to be a little bit more adventurous, like there's so many lakes. I cannot tell you how many hours we have spent along the shores of Jackson Lake with our own kids just watching them throw rocks. Yeah. Like they're rocky, rocky beaches and just an unending supply of rocks for them to throw in the water. Exactly. And we do that for hours especially when our kids were really little. I have so many pictures of our little toddlers just throwing rocks in the water. And you're in the shadow of the Tetons. So it's not like I'm complaining. You yeah. know, I'm sitting in my chair reading my book and looking at the Tetons while my kids are throwing rocks, thinking this is pretty darn good vacation. Yeah, this is pretty slick. The other thing is the um, Grand Teton is a relatively small national park. It's much smaller than Yellowstone. Oh, yeah. um, it only takes probably an hour or so, hour and a half to get from the bottom to the top. Mm -hmm. And then there's lots of places to stop along the way. Tons of viewpoints and stuff like that. Lots of wildlife viewing opportunities and things like that. And so it just, you're not spending a ton of time in the car either, which right. is really nice because um, Yellowstone to the north, you know, the great northern uh, part right there. <laughs> is hours in the car. Oh, No yeah. matter what you do, you're spending hours in the car. Grand Teton is not like that. No. And so that makes it really nice, especially if you, if you have younger kids. Plus, there's some small, if you like, especially on those hot days, it's not just Jackson Lake that you can get into. You can get in play in a much shallower lake, which is String Lake. Yeah. If you find the right spot, which is, uh, you've got to hike a little bit more to the northern part of the lake, it stays really shallow. So I have like, Tons of memories, both of myself with my siblings and my own kids now um, just playing in this lake and where it doesn't get any deeper than like 
your waist. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so that's really nice, too. And again, you just can't beat the views. You're right at the base of the Tetons. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like you feel like you're missing out on anything if you're just hanging out at the lake. Exactly. And one of the big benefits, too, is the gateway town, Jackson, yeah. is is so much fun. It's kind of like it's an old Western nostalgia town in a lot of ways. And so there's they have some shootouts that you can see. And they've got all grocery stores, hotels, restaurants. They have everything for you right there. And it's in really close proximity to the park. Yeah. I mean, you're only 10, 15 minutes away from the entrance to the park. But you can see the Tetons within minutes of driving outside of Jackson. Right. They also have a rodeo. Yeah. Uh, they just, there's horses, <laughs> you know. <laughs> It is. It's really fun. You can do um, wagon rides, stuff like that. And so for for younger kids, for kids of any age, it really is just a fun place to go to make memories. Yeah. And you don't always have to be hiking and doing all the stuff. You can. There's easier trails you can do, but you don't have to, to feel like you're just soaking in those mountain views. Right. And we've taken our kids there during the summer or the winter, you know, in the winter time. Sometimes they have dog sled races that go out of there. And so you can, that's a cool experience that we've had. But we've also taken our kids, uh, you know, snowshoeing in the park. Even though <laughs> the, fir- the first time that our youngest snowshoed, uh, he did not make it very far. Let's just put it that, let's put it Putting very it nicely. really nicely. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of painful, but we tried. We did. Points for trying. He was like maybe four. Yeah, maybe four. The Three or four. And he just, he didn't make it very far. And he complained the whole time. And he anyway, did not get the concept of until, snowshoes. Yeah, until he started hitting his brother with snowballs. Right. That's when he started having fun. Well, they do um, sleigh rides through the Elk Refuge in the winter. They're skiing everywhere. There's it's It's good year round. But really just like asking in the beauty of the Tetons. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how old your kids are, what they want to do, what you can do, um, who you have with you. It really doesn't matter because there's the beautiful views to be had regardless. Right. So. Exactly. That's our nine. I really wanted to round it out to 10. I like nice, even numbers, but yep. we just couldn't, we couldn't justify any of the other ones. <laughs> we, we kept, what about this park? Uh, too much peril. Yeah. What about this park? Uh, too long of drive times. You know, there was no good gateway to we, we went through and we just like, we really wanted there to be 10. But honestly, it would have made you not trust. As a listener, like some people put Everglades on there and I'm just like, alligators. There's alligators, alligators. right next to the trail. <laughs> like, I mean, and there, it's not like they really, well, you hear horror stories. Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's alligators all over the place and really long drive times. That park has a lot of driving. Yeah. Anyway. I could go through and tell you all the parks and why I wouldn't <laughs> recommend that for like a first time. Here's the thing. If you're used to being outside with your kids and like they're pretty good at following instructions and, and they're used to being outside, then it really any park is fine. Right. I do totally stand by that. But this list, I would focus on parks on this list. If you're hoping to just get your feet wet, if you're wanting to get your kids out on the trail, but you haven't done much of it up to this point, um, if you're really just wanting to have fun, wholesome, like family togetherness time without a lot of work and without a lot of stress. These are the parks for you. Thanks for exploring the national parks with us. 
please share, like, and subscribe. And if you need any help planning your own trip, click on over to dirtinmyshoes.com. See you next week. Same time, same place. And don't forget to get some dirt in your shoes. Oh,